630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Circle, wrist shot, score! That's trick, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Matea Jay, who's up across the 40, he swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines, he goes, Matea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight, inside the 10, touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Eskimos, Bombers. In about 25 hours from now, we kick it off on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos win. They get a share of first place in the CFL West, which is currently held by those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They win by eight points or more. The Eskimos will win the season series. How about that? So that sets up for a huge, huge game. You know, you always hear about 1-0. and One and zero, one and zero. It's the process. One and zero. We're trying to win one and zero. Even Jason Moss admits, yeah, there's uh, there's more on the line. Some one and zeros are a bit bigger than others. Each week isn't the most important part of the week or the most important thing for us. And this week it is bigger because it is a first place team playing against a second place team playing for a season series. Mm-hmm. Every time you're playing for a season series, the game's bigger because this is now no longer a two-point game. It's a two-and-a-half-point game, and we need to have it. And you know, But more, more than anything, we need to win. And so the, the half part of that you know, comes down to situation at the end of the game. If it's not going to affect the outcome of the game, then maybe you do it. But if it is, you want to win the game. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just know going in the game's going to potentially be played differently the last three minutes than it would you know, any other game because the focus can be, hey, we got to win, but if we have the opportunity to take the season series, we'll take it. But if not, we, we're good with a win. That's, that's all our focus is on. So there it is. So, yeah, this game is just a tad bit more than just a regular game. It's the beginning of the second half for the Eskimos. It's midway through the uh, second third of the season. Let's let's be honest, under Jason Moss, this, the middle third of a season – Hasn't been very good. The first part, usually good. Usually the last part's really good, except for last season. So this is a chance for the Eskimos to start solidifying themselves a little bit more and really dig in and begin their stretch drive. I mean, they're in a they're in a huge, huge part of their, their schedule now. Bombers tomorrow, Labor Day series, Calgary on Labor Day Monday, the rematch on the Saturday following. Then a bye week, then Hamilton at home. That's tough. I mean, Hamilton, even though they're going through injuries, they're seven and two. What will the record be like around then? Who knows? Who knows? But we're going to preview it tonight from the Eskimo side of things with the voice of the Eskimos, Morley Scott. You're going to hear him along with myself, Blake Dermott, Brendan Escott. Five thirty is countdown to kickoff. The kickoff at seven o'clock on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll be joined by Ed Tate, a fine writer. For uh, WinnipegBlueBombers.com, of course, he uh, used to cover the Bombers uh, on the other side of the fence as well. Uh, as far as uh, you know, for the free press, and he's a very good writer and doing the same type of work with the Bombers. Excellent guy. We'll talk about, of course, their storylines. Chris Strebler starting for the Bombers in place of one Matt Nichols, who's on a six-game injured list. So 
We'll talk about that, and you'll hear some more comments from the participants involved in this game tomorrow. Next hour, looking forward to this, How We Watch, Part 3, discussing how we watch our favorite sports. We had Rick Lawlisher on two weeks ago, talking about how to market to fans today, compared to how you used to market to fans back before the digital age, the digital era, the social media era. Last week we had Scott Moore, former executive for Rogers Sportsnet, who made that record deal, that multi-billion dollar deal to secure the Canadian rights deal for the National Hockey League and how he changed how we watch games at home and about all the options, the not just what's on cable television with the sporting options, but what's on streaming as well. There's a ton of options out there. Is it too much? And tonight we'll talk about the in-game experience with Rich Myers, the former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, this is pretty cool about the in-game experience. The Oilers have won awards for game presentation, especially the stuff on the video board, uh, what you see, and how important is that stuff? So we'll talk about that as well. Kellen Kennedy across the glass. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Man, I'm just watching because this game is now uh, started in Winnipeg, uh, the Packers and Raiders game. And I'm just thinking, what did they do to the field? They broke the stadium. I can't believe it. <laughs> okay, it's so broken. let's update things. Okay. Of course, the Raiders are playing what would be deemed a home game because they get all the gate revenue out of this game in Winnipeg. They're taking on the Green Bay Packers. Now, third preseason game, that usually means we see starters play. Right. Now, late yesterday, in fact, I got the story right here in front of me. Just got to rifle through here. So, the promoters of this game, they're enthusiastic. This is what was earlier today. They're enthusiastic. There won't be any fumbles despite a rocky road to this game. Terry Dale, operations manager with On Ice Entertainment, says it only received word from NFL inspectors late yesterday that IG Field, home of the Bombers, was approved to for play. Now, of course, they got to configure a CFL field to a NFL field. Mm-hmm. So they had to order NFL goalposts, strip and repaint lines and logos on the turf, cover an entire edge of asphalt around the field with synthetic turf. Also been plenty of skepticism about filling the seats, of course, because lower bowl seats are well over $300. Mm-hmm. So here's what happened tonight. Everyone gets on the field and uh, NFL operations look and they say, why is there a hole here in the end zone? Why? Oh, that's because the CFL goalposts go up to the goal line. Right. So that's why there's a hole. Okay. So they discover there's this hole in the middle of the NFL end zone. So this causes a stir. What do we do about this stake and hole? What do we do here? So they try to cover it up with, it looked like on, on the pictures, Kellen, that they're just taking, just ripping turf and trying to, looks like they were trying to shove it down into the hole or just cover it up. They grabbed the AstroTurf they probably used for, like, the dog park across the street yeah. where the dogs go to relieve themselves and that stuff and then bring it in there and just put it over top, you know? So NFL operations get together with uh, with the Raiders and with the Packers, and they say this is a safety issue. I get that. I understand that. So they say, we can play the game. We'll play the game. 80-yard field, though. 80-yard field. That's what we'll do. 80-yard field. It's normally how does that one, work? I don't know how that works. I'm looking on TV, and I'm going, how do you, how do you play an 80-yard field? The, the lines are already painted. So I guess what? You make the, uh, well, I get, what do you do? You make the 20-yard line? 
Well, what, yeah, I guess so. Or the 10-yard line. I, I don't know how they're doing this. I guess the, I guess the 10-yard line is now the end zone, I suppose. Like, this is, this is nuts. Like, who, who is, who did not realize within this whole sphere of putting on this game, where, where did it get lost that you have to, you have to configure a CFL field to an NFL field and consider everything? Oh, and how lovely. Now they're complaining that it's windy there. Oh my goodness Welcome to Winnipeg. <laughs> okay, and here's the travesty. Here's the travesty, too. I don't know what the Raiders have done with their lineup, but the Packers brought a bunch of starters, mm-hmm. like the Raiders did. And then the Packers tweet, 33 Packers players, starters will not play. Yep. Including Aaron Rodgers. That smell you have, that smell that's emanating right now is of money burning from yep. Winnipeg by patrons th- that paid money to see this game. We have Mike Glennon in a quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> I don't so. know how far Mike Glennon is in your fantasy pools for selecting quarterbacks and that stuff. I would think that he'd be a, uh, I guess, a second or a third option well, for and some what, pools. What upsets me... What upsets me is I don't want Winnipeg to get a bad rap. I don't want the stadium to get a bad rap. I don't want the Bombers to get a bad rap here, even though they're coming in town and they're the enemy tomorrow. Someone should have known a way to fix the problem of, yeah, you got to remove the goalposts. There's going to be a hole there if you don't don't deal with it. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? I mean, hey, everyone's going to be excited that Luke Wilson's playing, tight end for uh, the Raiders, former Seahawk, as you right. know, you're a Seahawks fan. Yep. He's from Toronto. Absolutely. So that's great. That's wonderful. But Canadian content. There's people that paid money to see starters play. I think there's a former Tiger Cat, too, that's stressing tonight for one of the sides. I can't remember yeah, who. Yeah, Eric Harris. Eric Harris, Who was yeah. rocking a Tiger Cat jersey. He plays for the Raiders right now. But mm-hmm. this is a travesty. Like, you know, preseason football, preseason anything is hard to watch. But this happening right now is a travesty. This this is bad. And the NFL is getting roasted over this stuff. Anyway, we're talking CFL football here in this hour. And no score. They're only about four minutes in in the first quarter. Here. Yeah, there you go. So, well, maybe keep an eye on this game. I don't know. Kind of pointless. Uh, I'll, what I will keep an eye on, if there's any more fallout and what the heck happened, that the NFL was surprised about configurations of the field and going, oh, well... I guess I didn't think of anything. Like, that's insane, though, that this took until yesterday. And I know that the Bombers practiced. No, I don't think the Bombers have been there all week. They they didn't practice at IG Field. I'll ask Ed Tate about it. But it was until last night, last night, (laughs) that the NFL said, okay, now we're good. How does that happen? It's like it surprised the NFL that this game was in Winnipeg. Did you not do your homework? Someone dropped the ball here, big time. So that's too bad. And there's about 20,000 that are attending this game in Winnipeg, and they expect to see certain people, and they don't get to see them. It's pretty sad, in my opinion. Anyway, we're switching gears. We're going to preview this big game tomorrow night between the Eskimos and Bombers next with Morley Scott on Inside Sports. This is Don Unum of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 
and Don Unaba and the Edmonton Eskimos getting set to face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tomorrow night, 5.30. Countdown to kickoff, 7 o'clock. Is the kickoff with yours truly and this guy, Morley Scott. Morley, oh, it's a big one tomorrow. Oh, it's a huge game, Dave, but don't ask any of the players about that because they won't admit to it. It's no bigger than last week's game, no bigger than next week's game. I really like that they're able to have that kind of uh, 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 an attitude towards the games, but it's kind of boring sometimes. You know, We just want to go 1-0 this week. That's great. Uh, I like the process, and I like the, the determination that they have that I'm not working any harder this week than I did last week or that I'm going to work next week. I'm going to give everything I got this week to win this game, just like I did last week. So this game is not any bigger than any other game. But it's a big game, Dave. Don't tell the marketing department it's not a big game. I mean, they've been tweeting. Eskimo's been tweeting it all week. Battle for first place. And with all the promotions that's going on, it's going to be a great night. Of course, it's military appreciation night. Those Trevor Harris bobbleheads look pretty slick. They do. He seems to like them, too. That's always the... I, I, I'm guessing in the bobblehead world, that's always the toughest thing, is when you take the uh, first bobblehead, comes off the production line, and somebody's got to take it to the guy. And he's got to open it up. And his reaction kind of sets the mood for the rest of the promotion. He seems to like it, though. He loves it. He loves it. I know he, he pulled it out of the box today at the media scrum, and he's he's admiring it. Oh, he loves it. And I think what he'll admire is a similar performance out of his offense than you know that, that he got out of, uh, out of the offense last week in Toronto, where they score in their first three possessions, touchdowns, five of seven in the red zone. They get over 40 points. And what's interesting about that game, Morley, re-watching it, it could have been disaster early because... They missed some throws, they had some things go wrong, and they were able to right the ship quickly. End of the day, though, they checked off a lot of boxes. I mean, the the red zone issues, they went five for seven, as you say. The short yardage situation, I think they were three for yeah, four. Perfect. Three uh, for three. Uh, three for three. Yeah. They had one on a penalty that was uh, that was called back, I think. But anyway, still, they, they, they did that. They, they, they put up the yards, and the points matched the yard total, which is kind of strange. I was looking back at the last three games. Trevor Harris has thrown for over over 1,100 yards in the last three games. Uh, but two of those games, you only got 16 points. And that's yeah. that got fixed last week, obviously, in Toronto when they hit the 40-point mark for the first time this year. Now it's, what have you done for me lately, right? they got to do it again and again and again and carry over and do it again this week. You know, I think back to that Winnipeg game, and it was a lot of missed opportunities. Seven field goals, I thought, off on offense, they outplayed the Bombers, I thought on defense, they did a lot of good things, but the difference in that game was the Eskimos had to settle for seven field goals, and the Bombers scored four touchdowns, which is hard to do on a talented defense like the Eskimos are. Um, but I think back, they ran 71 plays at count. I think the total count was 83 if you take some penalties away, but 71 official plays. They look gassed at the end of that game, though. I wonder if that game was played a little bit later in the season, if, they, if they're not gassed. That's why I'm wondering... Uh, really curious how this matchup is going to play out tomorrow uh, from an Eskimos offensive standpoint. I know that uh, the offensive players especially look back at that game and are, are kicking themselves because it's one that got away. The numbers were great numbers. You mentioned like over 400 yards in offense, 36 minutes time of possession. They had a bunch of first downs. They moved the ball again and the age-old problem that they had this year, a lot of yards but not a lot of points. Uh, and I think they look back at that and say, we should have won that 
that game, and we should be in first place right now, not the Winnipeg Blue, Blue Bombers. And I think that's a little bit of their focus for this game is to get a little retribution. You, they're never going to get that game back, but get a little retribution for that game and not just win this one tomorrow night, but win by eight so they get the season series. But they ticked a lot of boxes last week to change a lot of the things that were happening wrong with the offense, and I think we saw a lot of that in the Winnipeg game. Don't forget they had 15 penalties in that Winnipeg yeah. game too. That didn't help as well, 140 yards or something like that. So uh, they have, you know, only six penalties last week, so they seem to get, have that under control as well right now. Play-by-play voice for the Empton Eskimos here on 6.30. Chad Morley-Scott joining us here on 6.30. Chad Inside Sports. 5.30 is countdown to kickoff, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos taking on a Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. Morley, they got a lot of injuries they're going through on their defense and no bigger injury than the quarterback spot. Matt Nichols gone for a while. Chris Strevler comes into the forefront as the starting quarterback. Could there be two different kind of quarterbacks really when you think about it uh, Matt Nichols is he doesn't throw for a ton of yards we know that but he's very accurate he leads the league in touchdown passes and he runs a pretty smooth offense back there uh, Chris Streveler uh, we don't know how he throws the ball because we haven't got a big enough sample size. So far, it's not great. He's got in the 50s for his completion percentage. He's thrown three interceptions this year. Uh, I think we'll find out a lot about Chris Trevler over the next month when, as, as he takes over the job for Matt Nichols. But uh, the Eskimos' goal tomorrow night is to make him hang on to the ball and uh, uh, in the pocket, stay in the pocket, and make him throw the football. Uh, they don't want to let him get outside and get running. Uh, Chris, uh, head coach Jason Moss had the best phrase. He just said, you know, Matt Nichols is a good athlete. He can run with the ball. He can get you five, six, seven, eight yards in a first down. But he said every time Chris Trevler takes off with the football, he can not only get a first down, he can get a touchdown every time he runs with the football. And that's what the Eskos have to be wary of. Well, a lot of talk about the process, and it's 1-0, and and it's all true. But enter Jason Moss, who says whenever there's a season series on the line, and whenever first place is up for grabs, there's something more to it. And that's why we love Coach Moss. Oh, for sure. He's not afraid. And he said right on our postgame show last week, He right away we asked him about next week. And he said, we're going to have to have a good week. We know they're coming to our place. We know we got to beat them. And we know we got to beat them by eight points. And then he said... I don't mind talking about it now because it's the next game. And he talked about it, and he's he does not shy away from the big game look at games. Uh, I think Jason Moss knows that some one and O's are bigger than other one and O's, and this one's a this one's a big one and O this week. See you tomorrow night. See you later, Dave. Morley Scott, voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, my broadcast partner here on 6:30, Chad. Where the Eskimos and Bombers will play on a field that doesn't need any configuration and no problems at all. So, anyway, 5.30. Yeah, exactly. 5.30. (laughs) The field's fine. The field will be really really good. Boy, that's refreshing to hear. Yeah. 5.30 is countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos and Bombers. News is next from the 6.30 Jet 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Thies. We come back, we'll get the Bomber perspective and maybe Ed Tate can share a little bit of uh, insight on what the heck's going on there at IG Field. And we'll explain what the heck's going on as well. Wow, it's quite the scene in Winnipeg for this debacle of a preseason game. Back with more in a moment. home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad dave campbell for reed wilkins tonight final time this week as reed has been uh, fringing doing his volunteer stuff at the fringe and having a lot of fun he'll be back in the big chair on monday so here's uh 
a little bit more about this NFL game in Winnipeg. So, yeah, they had problems with the field, configuring it to what the NFL wanted. Didn't realize that, oh, we have to take the goalpost out and that might create a big hole and we have to find a way to cover this hole in the process of configuring a CFL field to an NFL field. They couldn't figure out how to fill the hole or how to fix the hole. So now they're playing on 80-yard end zones. No, sorry, 80-yard field with the end zones from the 10-yard line to the goal line because the pylons are up. No kickoffs in this game. And the Packers have sat 33 players, number of starters, including Aaron Rodgers. So I think we're learning a lot about the NFL tonight. And we all know that they are a price-gouging organization. I love the NFL. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I really do. I love the CFL more, but I really am an NFL fan. But we are learning about what a debacle the NFL can be. With First, they charge way too much money for preseason, and then this happens. And I don't want Winnipeg to get a bad name or the Bombers to get a bad name over, uh, over this debacle. I can't think of another word. Oh. Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? What's going on with this? With this? What What did you do? What did you in Winnipeg do to this game? How did you break the field? Come on. Speak to me now. Well, you know, I'm kind of glad I'm here in Edmonton and not there to, to, to watch all this unfold. Look, I, I can tell you this, and this is completely my opinion, right? Okay, so, and I have to be careful what I say. Okay. I, that, those spots, the two spots in the end zone that they're talking about that, um, where they, they had to move the goalposts. If there's a rise, it's minimal. I stood on it because that's where we do our interviews some days after practice is in the end zone. Right. And, and if that's one of the issues that is stopping people from playing, I mean, it's, I realize that there's a risk of injury that they're, they're concerned about, but it would be just like walking up. It's, it's not even an inch higher than anywhere else. It's, yeah. And they filled it around with those black pellets. I, I don't know, man. I'm not there to, to see what's going on. But if that's what's uh, stopping a bunch of them from playing today, I think it's a, an overreaction. Yeah. Well, I'll read you this this uh, text that come that came in on six thirty six thirty. Why can't a seven year old fill the hole and get my grandson to take care of that stuff? Come on, man. Well, they, exactly. Well, why? why <laughs> get some sand, cover it up. I don't know. Like it's. it's yeah. Believe me, it's. I've stood on it. It's. It. I can't believe that that's an issue because it's. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but and and apparently, from what I saw today too, the NFL Players Association and both had already signed off that the field was fine. So I don't know what's going on, man. I'm. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm here in Edmonton and we can talk about Bombers Eskimos. Because this is going to be. I know. I know how the players have been. Kind of reacting. Well, I, of course, I've been around the players all week, and here in Edmonton, uh, it's one and zero, and it's about the process, and it's just yeah. the, the biggest game because it's the next game. And then Jason Moss went one further today and said, "Some one and zeros are bigger than other one and zeros," and I love that. He knows what's on Very the cool. line. He's he knows what's on the line. What's it like in Bomberland? And has there been some hype uh, in Winnipeg? Uh, you know, I mean, within the organization, can you feel it? And and in, in the in the city about this game. Uh you know, I'll be honest, Dave, I, I don't think I do feel it a little bit because partly because this game tonight in Winnipeg has been a bit of a distraction all week in Winnipeg with the Raiders and Packers going at it. And the other thing that I think maybe why the Eskimos are maybe looking at this a little bit differently than Winnipeg is that uh, 
when you're the Bombers and you won the first game in the season series, maybe you don't have that sense of uh, as much of a, the desperation. Of course, they want to win tomorrow because if, if they just win outright, they win the season series. And I understand the points for and against and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if that's why uh, it's it's a little bit less hype than Winnipeg. The other thing is is that when you've made the change at, at the quarterback that they have because of Matt Nichols' injury with Chris Trevler taking over, um, that's been the big story all week. And the matchup, to, to be honest, it wouldn't matter if it was Edmonton for first place or Toronto or Montreal or anybody. I think everybody's been fi- fixating on what Chris Trevler can do at quarterback. So let's talk about Chris Trevler then. And the Eskimos are fortunate because out of his four starts, he has seen the Eskimos, or the Eskimos have seen him twice. Uh, the se- the actually the bookend of the 2018 season, the first game mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, which was the longest continuous game in CFL history. We're still getting over that night, and uh, the November 3rd game, the final game for the Eskimos of the regular season um, and of their season period, it was for the Bombers as well. Except they moved on to the playoffs, but there's a there's a lot of, I guess, question marks about Chris Trevler, and a lot of people saying, well, we know what he can do when he comes in for those situational short yardage stuff and that change of pace quarterback, but from front to back, what are we going to see out of Chris Trevler? And this is going to be very intriguing tomorrow night, but you've been around uh, the team all week, um, and you've been around this, this man for the last year or so. Um, what have you seen out of Chris Trevler? Well, I think we're all we all have the same questions that you guys do or the Eskimos do with Chris Trevler, and I'm not really sure that we can take a whole lot, Dave, out of those two games against Edmonton because if you think about it, the first game that he played was the season opener last year. He was the first straight from college rookie to start a game in the CFL since Anthony Calvillo with the Las Vegas Posse in '94. So he was just wide-eyed and, and completely new to the game. He even said today he wasn't sure if he knew all the rules back then when he got his first start. And then in that last start of the year, if you remember, the Bombers had been locked into third place by then. Yeah. And so they rested a bunch of their starters in that game. So I think we all have the same questions about Chris Trevor. We know he can run, like you said. We know he's really adept at that short yardage package. I think what... Everybody in Winnipeg wants to see, especially, you know, Paul Apolice, uh, the offensive coordinator, and, and the people on offense is, what's he like when he's dropping back to throw 30 passes in a game? Uh, so we saw some flashes of it last year in his second and third starts of the year. He, he lit it up against Montreal on a big win in his second start last year and then struggled against Hamilton in his, his third start. Uh, and as the season got uh, went along, I think he got more and more comfortable playing the quarterback position but I think the jury's still out on whether uh, you know if the the Eskimos keep him in the pocket can he sit back there and pick apart a defense and that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, as we're joined by Ed Tate from uh, BlueBombers.com here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. We're previewing the Eskimos and the Bombers. 5.30 countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30 Chet. 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Do you see the offense changing all that much for Chris Streveler? And, you know, when I think about how the offense runs with Matt Nichols, and I think Matt Nichols gets gets a, a bad rap for not being a guy that throws the ball deep. No, he can throw the ball deep, and he's done it very well this year. But you got a lot of guys. you still got 33, and that's Andrew Harris. Um, the short passing game, I, I think, might be might come into play. But did you anticipate that uh, the offense changes much with Chris Streveler at the helm? Well, 
Yeah, that's a good question. David came up with Paul at police the other day, and he said they're still going to run their stuff. Um, you know, Andrew Harris talked earlier this week that, you know, maybe Edmonton's uh, approach to, to try and limiting Chris Strebler, the runner, might open up things for more for Andrew Harris as a tailback. Um, I'm not sure that... Well, I don't think Winnipeg's going to change anything. As Paul Apolis said the other day, it's not like they're going to come out Friday night and start running the wishbone or something like that. It's still their offense. They still have their basic plays. Um, I still expect Andrew Harris to be to be busy as a tailback and as a receiver. Uh, but again, because we don't really have a whole lot of uh, of tape, so to speak, on on Chris Strebler, we're not sure what's going to happen. Whether he's uh, you know, a guy's going to air it out deep or going to be safe and conservative with the ball. I will tell you this. One thing to keep an eye on is that uh, Drew Wallatarski was his roommate at the University of Minnesota before Strebler transferred to South Dakota. Right. And they're roommates now, and they do have sort of this this kinship and this uh, one of those that, that special kind of quarterback-receiver relationship that some guys develop. And I think, if anything, the one thing we might see is that when uh, he gets in trouble, he'd be looking to his old buddy more than, than maybe anybody else on the field. But aside from that, uh, I don't think the offense is going to change, at least in, the, in its, uh, you know, its basic form. I do like the attitude of Mike O'Shea, though, when it comes to injuries. And he has a lot of injuries on his defense, especially his D-line. Um, it, it's inter- I'm excited about this matchup tomorrow because Kyle Saxler is going to start at left tackle and he's going to oppose at times, he's going to see Will, a lot of Willie Jefferson too, but Jonathan Combo is listed as a starter and he was, uh, you know, so we got two high draft prospects that were drafted in the 2019 draft. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, all the injuries that occur in, in and I think Michael Shea and Jason Moss are kind of cut from the same cloth where, you know, Jason Moss gets excited for the next guy, and it seems like Mike O'Shea gets excited for the next guy if there's an injury. No, you're right. I think you're bang on with that, Dave. There's there's a lot of similarities, too, in how they approach it, and it, it, people in Winnipeg roll their eyes, but it's become almost a commandment in Winnipeg. It's next man up, next man up, and uh, that's been put to... I know that Edmonton's had its share of injuries, too, but if you look at the Bombers' depth chart for tomorrow night, they've got Drew Desjardins, who was the fourth overall pick playing left guard. He's replacing Cody Speller, who's replacing Pat Newfeld, And then Jonathan Congo, who was picked right after Desjardins, you're right, is making, he's making his first CFL start at defensive end. He's replacing Craig Rowe, who is replacing Jackson Jeffcoat. You know, and, and then in the secondary, there's a couple changes, too. I'm not sure that Mercy Maston, the Eskimo, is going to play or not. He's kind of a question mark. But he's replacing... Uh, Brandon Alexander, who and and after Alexander got hurt, they've started Chris Humes there. So like they're on their third or fourth different halfback at that position. So both teams are dealing with the same kind of uh, questions right now. But as Jason Moss told you, um, one man's misfortune is another's opportunity, I guess. Right, and and I think we're seeing that uh, all over the place on both depth charts. And we'll see what happens tomorrow night. A lot of good opportunities for some of these guys to maybe not just fill in, but stake a claim for some more work down the stretch in the second half of the season. It's going to be fun, Ed. It's going to be fun. I think the Eskimos and Bombers are developing or have developed a pretty decent rivalry over the last few years. When you go back to, 
I think when Matt Nichols came back for his first start in 2016 uh, as a member of the Bombers back in the old stomping grounds with the Eskimos, I mean, I don't think he's ever lost a game here, but uh, he's not going to start tomorrow, unfortunately. But it's been a it's been a fun rivalry between the two teams. Yeah, it really has grown again, uh, Dave. And I think the key is is that Winnipeg's got kind of back in the conversation a bit in the last few years in, in the West Division. I mean, for a long time, uh, Edmonton was a graveyard for the Bombers. But you're right, uh, it changed a little bit when Matt Nichols took controls. When he became the, the de facto starter, uh, when he replaced Drew Willie in 2016, his first start was in Edmonton against his old club, and he won that game. And um, So it, it changes when Winnipeg is competitive again because they had such a black hole there for for a few years. And, and now that the... Uh, these teams are, are back and always fighting for playoff positions and near the top of the West Division. It feels like uh, now the late 70s and 80s all over again when these two teams were the cream of the crop in the West. It'll be fun, like I said. Uh, thanks for your time. We'll see you at the park uh, at the park tomorrow, okay? Yeah, right on, Dave. Appreciate you having me on. Ed Tate, he's a fine writer and uh, doing a lot of good work for uh, Blue Bombers, WinnipegBlueBombers.com. Outstanding stuff. So uh, before we talk more about the Eskimos and and Bombers, I'm just laughing at the NFL right now. Oh, here it is. Okay, so here's the uh, here's what has been displayed or been passed around to the media in Winnipeg at IG Field. Break covering, it down, Dave. the game. Okay, so here it is. Tonight's game is being played on a reconfigured field. The field met the mandatory practices for the maintenance of surfaces for NFL games based on an inspection yesterday. Concerns arose today surrounding the area where the Blue Bombers goalposts were previously located. The Blue Bombers goalposts. They're saying it's the Blue Bombers goalposts. Okay. No, it's where the CFL puts their goalposts. Almost said a word I shouldn't say. Uh, The 10-yard line will function as the goal line tonight in lieu of kickoffs. The ball will be placed at the 15-yard line. So there you go. Sounds like it's an overreaction because it looks like the players signed off on it. They were fine with it. NFL comes in and says, hmm, no, we're going to play in a reconfigured field. Way to stick it to fans there who paid all that money. And, you know, I I love when the NFL comes up and plays in Canada, but you know that the NFL is not going to come up here for a while (laughs) because of this. And that's unfortunate that that's going to happen. I would give you the score, but who really cares? Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Eskimos and Bombers tomorrow night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos starting quarterback Trevor Harris. Uh, he's going to get two veterans back in the lineup. That would be Calvin McCarty, and and uh, he will. Well, he'll get one. He'll get Blair Smith back as well. But uh, Blair Smith plays on special teams. But, yes, Calvin McCarty has been pulled off the six-game injury list after a lower-body injury. He'll have Kyle Saxlid as his left tackle. First of all, Harris excited to get Calvin McCarty back in the lineup. He is, the guy he is, the teammate he is, how sound he is with his assignments and how good of a football player he is. Uh, They all come into play, and uh, obviously we're just welcome sight to have him 31 back in the huddle. 
I mean, Kyle Saxlid at tackle compared to Kyle Saxlid at guard, is there a major difference with what, how we operate? He played the he played most of the game last week, and we gave up zero sacks. And you know, we've been missing Servi all year, and they've given up you know the least amount of sacks. And shoot, Matt O'Donnell's got hurt, and they, you know, so we've uh, our offensive line's done a fabulous job, and mm-hmm. all of them, in my opinion, could be an easy choice for lineman of the year. And so uh, I'm just fortunate to have a great group of guys up front that's working so hard for me. So Chris Strebler starting a quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We don't know much about him. We know that he started four games, two against the Eskimos. We know he's a situational quarterback, comes in on short yardage, comes in as a change of pace quarterback to spell off Matt Nichols. I love Doug Brown, former CFL player. He's in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. And on the uh, Blue Bombers caught a podcast on 680 CGOB in Winnipeg, uh, he described the difference. This is I thought this was just priceless. Described the difference and basically the, 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 the major differences of Matt Nichols in the pocket compared to Chris Trevler in the pocket. One guy, Matt Nichols, super comfortable in the pocket. In fact, when he's in a clean pocket, he couldn't be happier back there, right? He's just, nothing he'd rather do than stay in that pocket and distribute the football. If he's got time, he's unbelievable, okay? Chris Strebler, keeping him in the pocket is like, what's the busiest dog we know? Like a border collie, right? It's like keeping a border collie in your house all day, right? What's going to happen? They're going to lose it. They're going to be destructive. They're not going to be very unhappy. So are you when you come home and see what they did to your house. They want to be outside. Chris Strebler, Wants to be outside the pocket. He does not. I mean, I haven't had any indication. And this could change. Who knows? Maybe he'll adapt. Maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll get more comfortable in the pocket. Everything I've seen, though, he gets triggered immediately. Anything happens, he sees something he doesn't like. He feels pressure. Whether it's there or not, he doesn't like it. He's getting out of the pocket. He's looking for a reason to get out of there. He's like a border collie. <laughs> Just excited. Rah, 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 rah. I got to get out of here. I got to go. I got to leave. I can't be here anymore. I want to get out of the pocket. My aunt and uncle had a dog like that once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So I know exactly what he's talking about. Now, Strebler has only had 16 pass attempts this season. He had a lot more last year because he started four games. Uh, Last year he had uh, five, I believe it was, um, I have to look it up. He had I think five interceptions, I think around seven, uh, seven, eight touchdowns. He had 10 rushing touchdowns this year. He's only thrown 16 pass attempts, and he has three interceptions and one touchdown. But despite that, Jason Moss expects some challenges for his team from Chris Trevler. The th- great thing for us playing him is we've played him twice. So we get to, we understand him a little bit better probably than other teams that haven't played him. We know how big he is, how strong he is, how fast he is, um, and how he fits into their offense. Um, so that's a benefit for us. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing for us because it's a very difficult task, but at least you have some familiarity with him. It's a lot like playing an option team downstate. So you've got to be very Simon Sound playing their, their offense because they do so much different things that if you get caught looking here or get caught out of a gap here, they're going to make you pay because they've got such great athletes on their offensive side and they've got a big physical line. So, you know, it just, he's that added dimension. Now you got to worry about the quarterback running. You know, with Matt, you don't have to as much. He's still a great athlete, Matt, and he can still get out and get first downs for you, but Strebler can score. Severance can score anywhere on the field. So we've got to be assignment sound, gap integrity, you know, looking at the right things and then play great football tackling and gang tackling 
Andrew uh, and, and Strevler and the rest of them because they're not, none of them are easy to bring down. It's going to be a big night. Canadian Armed Forces Night, uh, Military Appreciation Night, $59 gets you and a member of the uh, Canadian Armed Forces to the game, $30 gets you uh, a ticket for a member of the Armed Forces, and they all get a Trevor Harris bobblehead. He <laughs> looked at his bobblehead today and he said, I like this. This this looks pretty tight. Oh, man, it's really cool. Like, shoot, when I got a player card the first time, I was just, like, beside myself. I was like, this is awesome. You know, like, as a child, you collect cards, and so you'd see that, and then to have a bobblehead is next level. Um, you're just very, very humbled, very honored. I think it's really cool, even though, you know, it's really funny. Obviously, you see the, all this, and I've been welcomed to the light-skinned brotherhood by a lot of guys because I look light-skinned. So uh, they've had a lot of fun with it, but obviously something I'll cherish forever. So big night, military appreciation night. Eskimos looking to get a share of first place and possibly win the season series against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If they win by eight points or more, they will do that. 5.30 countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. News is next from the 6.30 Chet 24-hour news center with Thomas Dyes. When we come back, part three of our How We Watch series. Talk about the in-game experience and how that has changed and how it's changing and where it's going. And, of course, your feedback as well. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. It's the Thursday evening edition of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.